All right, Sarah, so it's over. What's over? We found him. We found Larry. It's all over. It's all done. What with. are you talking about? What do you mean? I read your message. Larry was a boxer. We've got a boxer on the show. It must be Larry. It's over. We found Larry. No, no, not that boxer. We've got Stacey Copeland on, Commonwealth boxer. Ooh, she sounds happy. On with the show. So regular listeners to Who's Larry will know that the phrase happy as Larry is all about a boxer. And the term was coined when he won a huge amount of money after winning a fight. So we thought here at Who's Larry, why not bring an actual boxer into the ring? And we've got Stacey Copeland. Hey. I think I've ever been called an actual boxer before. I've not, arrived, I've made it. You're an actual boxer, not just an imaginary Larry fella. <laughs> so thank you for coming so much today. So in terms of Larry, he was obviously so happy after he won a match. But in terms of you being a real, a real life boxer, Stacey, how does her... Uh, how does winning affect your happiness? Oh, happy doesn't even come close to how you feel when you win um, a fight, especially a big fight. Um, happy isn't even, I don't know, it's, it's not even the word to describe it. It's <laughs> euphoric, it's elation, it's uh, relief in some cases. Um, you know, if you've, if you've waited a long time for it, you've been through a lot to get there and there's a lot of pressure. It's uh, all of that. It's, uh, it's quite incredible and uh, there's not much in life like the highs of sport. There's nothing much like the lows either, but there's yeah. certainly not not much like the highs that you get in sport. It, it's incredible. Do you th- do you think like the the happiness level of winning has has there been anything else in your life that's come close to it? Because some people say like their wedding day or having children or like, but obviously you've you've got <laughs> they can't see. She's pulling a face there, but you've like you've done some incredible things, and I know Sarah's going to get onto them. But is there anything else that you would say has come close? in your life to like that euphoric happiness? Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's 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 other things that make you really happy, aren't there? Like when my nieces were born, that you know, they're the, the greatest love that I've ever known. Um, I mean, I, I just absolutely, there's no feeling that matches that. Um, uh, how I felt when I first met them after they were born, how I feel every time I'm with them. I mean, they just completely fill my heart totally. Um, I adore them. So... There's that, you know, kind of happiness, obviously, which is uh, completely different, but it, it doesn't, it, it's not something I'd compare to sport. It's very, very different. There's, there's nothing quite like in football, the feeling of uh, winning as a team when all of you are in that together and you've worked so hard together and you have that moment when it's that shared elation in that moment. And then as a boxer, um, yes, it, it's more individual in terms of you compete on your own, but you're very much part of a team and a massive support network all the time. So I think what's wonderful about it is you're giving joy to loads of other people as well, other than your opponent, but you're not thinking about them in the moment. So you've, um, some of those other things that, that Jack just mentioned was you've held the title of Commonwealth Female Super Weight Champion, is it? Since 2018. I think I got that. That's quite, quite a mouthful. <laughs> you've held the title since 2018. What kind of level of happiness did what winning that kind of bring to you and also the fact that you've kind of been able to hold the title has that sort of brought another element to it um I don't, it's funny to think about it as, as the word happy really because it's i think happy is a bit like love or hate it's a, a multitude of other emotions that build up to make that word do you know what i mean because like yeah. love what is that it, it's a it's a, a load of layers of emotion that eventually there's enough of them that are good to label it love 
Uh, likewise, hate, there's enough, you know, negative and bad layers of stuff to eventually call it hate. And happiness is layers of stuff, I guess, that, you know, is different to different people. It might be contentment. It might be um, sort of a feeling in the heart, it's something they feel in the soul. Who knows? Um, and that one word can describe standing, you know, looking at a beautiful, you know, piece of nature or whatever, a lovely landscape. That can make you happy. Spending time with your nieces and your loved ones can make you happy getting to the end of a fight where you're physically exhausted, emotionally exhausted, you've waited your whole life for the opportunity, been through being banned from the sport as a kid, people, you know, mocking you, making fun of you, then getting this massive opportunity to be the first British woman to do it, feeling the pressure of it, going through all of that and then realising that dream. Happiness is definitely one way to describe it, but there's so much else going on. You know, it's, it's almost impossible to describe it. And for me, when they announced my name, the, the way it was announced was that they said, you know, and the new uh, welterweight Commonwealth champion. And then there was this, you know, the longest wait of your life where you're like, please, please, please. And they went, from Manchester. And that was it. Oh, my God. You knew. Was, I, you knew it I, fell to my, I fell to my knees. Well, yeah, she was South African and we're in Zimbabwe. So <laughs> it wasn't a difficult one. But, oh, my God, I dropped to my knees and, like, just cried my eyes out with, with just tears of all of that elation relief justification of everything i've been through finally realizing that dream it was it was incredible but then the reality is that i didn't get a belt and that made me very unhappy if we're looking at yeah. it as, you know happy and, and unhappy so as is the case with most things in life it's not always that black and white is it so yes it made me very very happy to win the title but uh instantly uh disappointed that um you know, the inequalities in sport for women uh, is, is very much still a uh, part of the journey. Yeah, and I guess it's the highs and lows. And I kind of saw online you, you do a lot of it and you, you're you a, a very uh, proud advocate and you, you talk out and you go around schools, you do TED Talks and stuff like that. So obviously, I mean, it's it's pretty, it, it makes sense why you would do it because you're, you're a woman in sport and you, you talk about, obviously, the ban when you were younger and you came from... Like, was it your granddad owned a gym and your father was a boxer as well? That's right, yeah. So so what was it that kind of made you, I guess, get into it originally? Like, Because I guess that was what you would class as your happy place when you were younger. That, yeah, and I think as a kid, sport should be happiness. And as I say, as you get older, happy is, is somewhere in there, but there's that much of a, you know, array of, of emotions and feelings and scenarios that go with it and experiences that it's, it's a huge multitude of things, but as a kid, it really should be a happy place. Um, and for me, it was. Um, and ironically, it was where everybody else thought I, I didn't belong. But for me, the football pitch and the boxing gym were yeah. where I was happy. Um, you know, and that maybe stemmed from being at home with my dad watching Rocky, which I pretty much thought was a documentary. <laughs> I thought it was really... <laughs> um, Wait, it's not? And... <laughs> Yeah, it is to me. And those happy times of, you know, after we'd watched the film, we'd get the gloves on and be messing around and he'd be shouting, Adrian, and, you know, we'd be, we'd be fighting and stuff. And uh, it was just, you know, great, just, re you know, share happiness. And likewise, being on the playground with my mates playing football, just total happiness, like getting, legging it out of the classroom and putting your jumpers down and setting up the goals and off you go. And there's a gazillion of you trying to kick one ball, pure happiness. Who knows why, but for me it was. Yeah, I mean, we, we were recently talking about this, about, like, your happiness in childhood, and a lot of... They say something like, show me the child at seven, 
and I'll I'll show you the person that they're going to become. And I can imagine a little seven year old Stacy now. She like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like reenacting. There's there's not going to be that much difference. So for that to be your happy place when you were a kid, obviously, why wouldn't it be your your happy place now? How fortunate am I to have that? As are all other sports people, and I know for some people, maybe music and drama and things and artists or whoever, but. Uh, certainly in sport, we're very, very lucky that we get to still do that thing that we love that can make you feel like that little kid in your back garden kicking the ball again and again and again against the wall or being in the gym with the gloves on, messing around with my dad or punching the bag or play, you know, playing with all my mates, doing a bit of sparring and whatever, that I still get to do that and love it exactly the same as I did when I was a kid. I'm really, really fortunate for that, that I get to do that as an adult. Yeah, but I think I think to be to be fair to yourself as well, like anyone, like if if you are into music or drama and you're a kid, we were saying this, you could easily go out and start a band or join an amateur dramatic society. But there's a difference because obviously you could just get a couple of mates together and box or go for a kick around. But the fact that you're doing it on such professional level is through hard work and determination as well. So I mean, I've one one thing I've always been interested with, and especially with the whole. Larry being a boxer and and sports like sports people is what what are the conversations that you're having with yourself when you're kind of in these moments to kind of push yourself further and keep yourself kind of you, you you've got to keep yourself motivated because there must be points where you feel like giving up and I guess you're keeping motivated you've kind of got to keep your spirits high what are the conversations and, and what are the ways that you go around that I think there's a couple of things that help me if there's times when I've been really down like in if you think of it of like a dark tunnel that might have been an injury um or losing a big fight or big game or whatever and that you know as i said the highs are really high in in sport but the lows can be very very low especially when your whole identity is tied up in sport and your meaning and your purpose therefore an injury or a loss can make you feel like a loser or a failure and it can make you feel like your entire identity and purpose and meaning is gone when that sport is taken away from you. And that's not a healthy thing. It's something that if you can learn not to do that and have other passions in life that give you meaning, then that's really helpful. Um, but I think in those times, you know, knowing that as, as you have more experiences, you know that that gets better and there is light at the end of that tunnel. Um, I think try and think of it as an arrow being pulled back, you know, and then if I'm, if I'm in that dark place, it means I'm about to be launched forward for something good. Often when you look back, as we all do on, on periods of change, um, you know, it's actually led to something really good. We might not have liked it at the time because we don't tend to like change and um, difficult periods and we, we struggle with them and resist it rather than just embracing it. Um, so those things help. But in terms of motivation, um, there's a couple of things. One is that I'm, I'm very passionate, deeply passionate about my why. I know that happiness for me is being competitive and pushing myself and trying to reach my full potential that is something that makes me happy and if happy isn't the right word then certainly satisfied driven and giving me meaning and purpose so just on that one do you think it, you, you said being competitive do you think it's the winning with other like against other people or is it more just the winning within yourself that you can kind of look back um there's there's an element of both and it depends if you're in a tournament and you want to advance to the next rounds you just want to beat that opponent and yeah anything else isn't going to feel the same if it's a you know there's been other fights that I've had um or other games that I've had so for example in football when I went to Brazil and played and we had a pre-season there with my team and we, we got leathered by, by <laughs> the teams that we played 
that didn't feel horrendous because we were there to learn. We knew there were levels above. It was a fantastic experience, just an absolute privilege. And we could look at what we could gain from that experience. We knew it'd improve us, it'd make us better. However, when we lost the game in the Sweet 16 of the national finals, that was completely devastating. And I was not interested one bit in what I'd learned, what I might gain from it, what, nothing. I was just devastated. So the, the, the circumstances can very much depend, yeah. um, obviously. So I think that depends. Um, however, having said that, there's been fights that I've both won or lost where I have come out of it, regardless of the result, feeling really, really proud of myself. Because either I lost the fight, but I gave absolutely everything. And on the day, I couldn't have done more. And I can still feel proud of myself. So that was me, uh, you know, competing against myself to an extent. And there's fights that I've won where I felt not that excited because I knew I could beat them. So it's a bit like, well, I knew I could do that. So I haven't really been that bothered. But then fights where... I believed I could beat him, but I didn't know I could. And then when I did and proved it to myself, that was like competing against me as much as the opponent. So it's a yeah. bit of a variety of both. They say that winning, getting medals, improving one's time or beating a record are important to get us motivated in the beginning. But if we take these goals too seriously, then we might miss the main gift that sport can give. You've, um, you've talked about both the, uh, the football aspect and the boxing and I think you briefly mentioned this earlier but I just wanted to go a bit further into it about how obviously when you're playing football you're part of a team and um, you share that kind of elation with the team whereas when you're boxing it's it's you know it's a solo sort of sport um, and it's just you and can you just tell us a bit about the difference in, in the experience of those feelings like for example when you win or when you lose um, in both football and in boxing and do you miss that feeling of being part of a team? Yeah, it's a great question. I get, I get, I do get asked this sometimes. And for me, boxing is a team sport. Like you cannot prepare for a fight without the team around you. You can't get through a fight, certainly, without your coach in between the rounds. And um, you need that team around you. The, the only difference is the actual competitive bit. So when the whistle goes in football, you are all actually doing the competing as a unit. Whereas in boxing, it is just you. However, the, the entire rest of it is, is very much a team thing. So I felt when I won the Commonwealth title, like I felt like first and foremost, me and my coach had won the Commonwealth title. Yeah. Absolutely every bit is title as much as mine. Um, so that's shared. And then you also share it with all the people who've supported you and got you through all the difficult times um, of which there were many on the road to the Commonwealth title. So you, you do feel like you share it with them as well and, and they're that happy for you that you can't help but feel like it's a, a big effort um you know I guess the difference with on the football pitch is that they literally have been through it all with you because when you win at boxing they haven't been alongside you round after round after round training for that whereas in football you know your teammates have done the beat test with you they've done the hard yards they've done mm. those early morning training sessions you know so there's that difference I guess but um Generally, I still feel like I don't, I've never felt on my own in boxing. Has it ever felt harder to get through those? I know you just said you'd never feel like you're on your own, but sometimes like when you're in the ring and you have those moments that Jack mentioned earlier about how, you know, you could easily just give up. Would you say, is it easier to get through those when you're part of like a team on a football pitch or is it pretty much the same level because you still have I think that it depends on your, on your team, to be honest. Yeah. Because uh, let's say you're part of a team where there's a couple of people who do give up that's yeah. not helpful. That just makes you really <laughs> frustrated and annoyed, actually. So it, it's not necessarily that everybody else is upbeat and 
have the same approach as you and the same attitude as you. And that can be really annoying when you're part of the team and you feel like people aren't giving the same that you are and it doesn't mean the same to them as it does to you. So actually, that can be a detriment, uh, whereas in boxing there is just you. It's all on you. Um, and yes, there's people around you to lift you uh, and, and help you get through it, but ultimately it's down to you. So um, I think there's pros and cons to both, definitely. But one thing that I did miss... Uh, was the banter of the footy team uh, because <laughs> I am, uh, you know, in boxing surrounded by men um, and I love that, you know, and I've got some great teammates, great coaches. That's absolutely been brilliant. Yeah. Um, but it obviously isn't quite the same because, you know, whereas it, in a, in, when we were away for the England camps, for example, and it was all women, you, you threw, the, the whole thing is together. So, for example, when you turn up at the gym, I go in one changing room on my own and all the lads go in the other together yeah. and they've all yeah. been having that banter and then we come out and then after they all go in the sauna together and I go in the other one because it's female only, male only in the gym that we're in and the change rooms are different and whenever we've stayed away, the lads will stay together like on the trip to the Commonwealth, you know, I have my own room because I was the only female, everyone else can room together and share together and so you do miss out on those bits if you're the only one of, of which would be the same if it was the only yeah. male with a bunch of women, obviously. Whereas yeah. in the footy team, every, you know, you're, you're all in the change rooms together. You're all, do you know what I mean? You're roommates and, and stuff. So there is a different element of it to that. But, you know, it's, it, it is what it is. And I, I feel like you, you focus on the positives and there's, there's, there's loads of great things about being around all your teammates, whether they're male or female. But I think if you're the only one, then obviously you do miss out on little bits like that. Yeah, yeah I can imagine. I, I've been watching some of your TED Talks and I think they're wicked. I saw you you were playing the guitar in one of them and you were talking about kind of per performance anxiety, which, and it was so such an interesting one. I just wanted to get onto that in terms of like the correlation with your happiness, because there's something at the end of the tunnel for you that if you win, it's such an amazing thing and you know, it's going to be an amazing feeling, but that journey up to it, like you've spoke about with the performance anxiety, how does that affect kind of your journey there? I guess. Um, do you know, I wish you could have seen, the, the faces of the people <laughs> the because when I was asked to do that talk it was it was through uh, a pianist at the Royal Manchester College of Music and uh, she and I were having a chat and she was saying how do you deal with nerves before fighting and we got chatting and she said oh I have exactly the same thing and I was like oh right what playing the piano and she said yeah it's performance anxiety and she said but there aren't any books on music psychology it's sports psychology so I read a lot of sports psychology books and I've never thought about it like that before yeah. of course it's the same thing you're performing um there's different risks obviously and different reasons why you're nervous but nerves are nerves aren't they you, you they're felt in exactly the same way no matter what the stimulus is um so we got chatting and she asked me to his talk and, and obviously at the beginning I thought I'll just pretend to play the game. And obviously I think they thought I was going to be able to play. And then when I just did that horrendous. <laughs> I was ready for a Jimi like, Hendrix solo. Oh, it was so like, funny. Cool. And honestly, because they were all like top, top music students at the Royal College of Music. And they're all just like, looking at me <laughs> to say, what is this woman doing? She was really innocent. It's so funny. And then of course it was to make the point that I didn't feel nervous about doing that because I've no expectation. I'm crap at playing the guitar. So I, I had no fear. Because yeah. what's to fear? However, you know, things that you do care about and you're bothered about, then there's nerves that go with it because you deeply care. So I think in terms of my journey, if I'd have been asked this question years ago, it would have been a very different answer. But because I'm more experienced now, I've learned uh, for the most part to embrace the nerves and to appreciate that 
I'm putting myself in that position because I want to achieve things. So, I, you know, I ought to embrace it. And I think that if, if, if I want to pave the way for the next generation, if I want to inspire people, if I want to be the role model I didn't have growing up and I want to reach my own potential, I have to be prepared to choose courage over comfort. And that includes mm. unbelievable nerves when you're taking on, you know, on the verge of, of achieving a massive dream in your life. You've got to step up and do it and you have to embrace the nerves. And a bit like I was talking about change before, the more you resist it, it feels like a struggle. If yeah. you can try and embrace it and, and appreciate that those nerves are there to serve you well and help you and enhance your performance, they still don't feel nice. Nerves don't feel nice, obviously, but um, you can't take that away. But I think mentally, if you can frame it differently, they, they can help you and and at least not ruin your performance anyway. So do you think you have to break out to a certain extent do you have to break out of your comfort zone to be happy like like in maybe relationships or like work or do you think that there there is something <laughs> by breaking out your comfort zone by like maybe speaking to the, the person at the bar you wouldn't normally do like I think do you think you need to break out of the comfort zone, zone to, to bring a certain level no of happiness going out of it and that's fine if they're happy but then there's a lot of people who are in the comfort zone who wish and have lived a life full of regrets that they wish they would have done this, that, and the other. And then there's some who are out of the comfort zone all the time, and you, you're constantly, like me, dealing with that balance of, you know... And I, I could never understand that when I started boxing. I was so desperate to box, and I'd waited all my life for it to become legal. And then I finally got the chance, and every time I boxed, I was like, oh, God, I don't want to do this. Like, what am I doing? And I was like, why do I not want to do it? And, and then when I learned about the psychology, and it was my brain's way of protecting me and being like, don't go in and fight with that person, you idiot. Um, when I understood that, I, I kind of, it made sense to me and I could, I could deal with it a lot better. But I think, yeah, perhaps, uh, you know, I love that quote that there's, you know, you can choose courage or you can choose comfort, but you can't have both. And I think anything that, that for me, that has led to, if we're using the word happy, then happiness or, you know, any other positive words like that have required a degree of going out of the comfort zone unless... It's been things like, you know, spending time with my nieces, going out into nature or whatever. But then, you know, the, 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 the thing is about the human experience is that, that it's, it's never linear and never that simple. That yeah. with every, everything that brings happiness, there's the possibility that it can be taken away. So as happy as I am with my nieces, if one of them falls over or the hurt or like one of my nieces has got a surgery at the end of this year, and I'm already dreading it. Like, she'll probably be okay, but I'm, <laughs> I'll be yeah. like, uh, so, the, you know, you're vulnerable straight away. That If you're happy, there's an element of vulnerable, vulnerability, and that's just a human experience, isn't it? So why not try and do as, as much of what makes you happy as possible? Because it can, uh, it can be taken away. Uh, and the more things that make you happy, the more chance you've got of staying afloat, I think. And that's the biggest, like, you, when you hear about old people on their deathbed, that is their biggest fear, like, Oh, I wish I'd done that. All right. Do you know what I mean? Like I wish I'd. Absolutely. And I, I do, I do love that. Like kind of from watching your TED talks as well, like you, you've got to constantly push yourself because if you don't take that opportunity or you don't like just ask or things like that, you you never know what's going to happen. And like you said, you didn't know where it was going to lead, but it's been a, a journey for you. No. And I think people talk a lot, don't they, about the risk that if you give everything, what if it's not enough? And people fear that all the time, don't they? What if, what if you, give absolutely everything, your very best self to that relationship. Uh, for example, if you know, talk about relationships and it's not enough. What does that then say about you? Where does that leave you? How does that make you feel? And so I think people can have a fear of giving everything. 
and the same in sport if you absolutely give your whole best then what if you're not good enough what if you don't get picked for the team what if you don't win that medal so i think some people sometimes there is the reserve a little bit whether it's in relationships or sport mm. careers you know if you don't go for that interview you don't have to find out that you weren't good enough and yeah. for some people it's it's better just to never know than to give everything and find out that it wasn't enough for sports people we run that risk our whole lives of finding out we're not good enough but we're you know the, the ones who are driven and have a bigger why than that um then they'll they're willing to put up with that and you know, I, I, I've been through some mega lows with sport, of course I have, but I would not swap any of those, even for that one moment when I got to win that Commonwealth title or when I won the European silver medal and I got to stand on that podium with a medal around my neck watching my country's flag be raised, having been banned from the sport as a kid. I would go through absolutely every heartache and difficulty in my whole life, even outside of sport, to have that yeah. one moment because some people go a whole life without it. And that's the thing with sport, that's the drug that you know there isn't anything like it and you will go through everything you have to go through and give everything, even if you risk not being good enough or even if it's not good enough, sometimes it just being bloody unfair, which sport is. You can give everything and be the best in the world and then get injured yeah. at the wrong time. And that's not fair, but that's life and it's worth the risk. Um, so I would say, you know, to people who think like that, and you know, there's, there's two things about motivation. There's those who work to avoid negative outcomes and those who work to achieve positive outcomes. And that's what, that's what I am. You know, I don't work to not lose. I work to win. And I'm constantly thinking about winning. And like training for the Commonwealth title, I had a picture of the belt on the wall all the time as my focus of what I wanted. Um, and that's what I'm driven by, those things that I, I want to achieve. And I think if you don't give 100% to that relationship, that job, that interview, or that sporting thing, then you're much less likely to achieve it. So you might as well give everything. I was just thinking, rolling way back, um, we mentioned how, uh, obviously, uh, your dad was a boxer as well. And I imagine that's kind of, you said you remember watching Rocky and kind of boxing with him a bit. What Do you remember what the very first thing was that, that made you think, this is what I want to do? Like seeing your dad box, was it seeing the competition, seeing him like winning or... Um, was it like the physical side? Like, oh, that looks really fun. Do you remember what the very first thing was that made you think that's really cool and I want to try it, I want to do it? I, I just remember being in the gym. I don't remember a singular moment, but uh, certainly obviously being at home with my dad and watching Rocky, but then going in the gym, I loved everything about it. So the sound of the skipping ropes whirling around, the punches in the bag, the hard work, the, you know, the, the camaraderie, the banter, the everything. I just absolutely loved it. And I don't know why, just like we don't know why we love some of the people we love and <laughs> we look at some of the people that other people love and we think, my God, how do I love them? Um, I don't know, there's something for everyone. And I can totally see how for a lot of people, they look at boxing and think, oh my God, why on earth would you want to do that? Because it is an horrible sport. But I just loved it, absolutely loved it from, from being really young. And I, I don't know why, but, you know, as I've got older, I, I love the... I love the challenge of it. I really like that that challenge, and I feel very alive when I'm uh, giving myself a massive challenge. When you um, started going to the gym, was it quite male dominated environment? Did that ever, you know, initially was that a bit off putting at any point? Or if it was, how did you like overcome that? Because like I know for me, when I first started going to the gym, I was like just avoiding the kind of weights area or those kind of bits because I was like, oh, scary. <laughs> Um, and I think quite a lot of women feel like that as well. 
absolutely. The boxing gym wasn't quite male dominated. It was completely <laughs> male dominated. My gym, everyone else's gym and the whole boxing industry. So I used to go to the boxing shows with my granddad and my dad and there was never any women there. Uh, there was obviously some mums and girlfriends of the older boxers, but they were spectators. There was nobody involved with boxing, no coaches, boxers, timekeepers, we've got nobody. Um, so yeah, it was just me. But having said that, I don't think you're aware of that when you're little. I was just a kid mm. who went boxing. And I think also because it was granddad's granddaughter, he just normalized it. Not that it isn't normal, but you know what I mean? He yeah. Was dead at, you know, he's in the he 80s. He grew up in that world, so it wasn't yeah, really. Yeah, and he, he was just him. like, well, of course she'll box. It's in our family. She, yeah. she loves it. And so I think, had I not had that kind of family approach either, that might have been different. I might have been more aware of it sooner, but he just took me to all the boxing stuff, and so did my dad. And we're like, if you love it, do it. Um, so I wasn't really aware of it until I got to the age of 11 when I'd done everything that all my little lad mates did, all the same training, sparring, going to the shows, whatever. I lived it and breathed it. And we got to 11 when you can usually get carded and start boxing. And we said, oh, granddad, read it, box, read it, box. And he said, oh, you can't box, kid. I said, what are you on about? And he said, oh, it's illegal for females. And that, that was when I started to become aware that this was going to be quite a major problem, this... Uh, female yeah. stuff um, and likewise in football when I played my first football game for the school team and a parent and coach under the team realised there was a girl and started shouting across the pitch and insisted that I leave the pitch and I was like you know I couldn't articulate at that age how that felt but now I know I felt ashamed and humiliated and like a freak really like I was doing something wrong um, and I had to leave the pitch and it, it was horrible and then I started to become aware that but obviously I didn't see that as you know, going against society's definition of femininity. I didn't have that, that, you know, I was seven or eight. So as you do when you're a kid, you've got a very limited capacity to understand these complex social things. And so you just go, there's something up with me, something wrong with me. Yeah. Um, and, and quite what that was, I didn't know, but I did think there was something wrong with me. And it took a very, very long time for me to understand there was nothing wrong with me. And then later I came to understand there's actually nothing wrong with women's sport because I had those messages for years that were not as good as, you know, with the other, nobody wants to watch it, nobody, all of that. It, it's a massive lie. And as I got older, I realised we're exceptional at sport, just like men are. Um, we're capable. And there is a thirst to watch it and be involved with it. And now that's why I'm so keen and passionate about getting that message out, because the more young people Absolutely. that know that quicker than I did, the better. So, Stacey, obviously... We are on the hunt for this, Larry. When when we first found out he was a boxer, I said, absolutely not, because the thought of getting punched in the face <laughs> terrifies me. But from chatting <laughs> to you, I reckon... I mean, you seem pretty pretty chirpy, considering that yeah. you, you get... You might... In fact, I don't think you get punched. You're good at what you do, so you, you're not taking digs. So if you had to sum up briefly, what kind of... What do you think of Larry? If, if I said the happiest bloke in the world, what do you think he is and what do you think he stands for? If you just had to sum it up. It's funny because when you're boxing, you don't think of the being hit bit. I know it sounds <laughs> weird that, but you, you, you don't really, you don't think that you're about punching someone else and being punched. It, it's so technical. And honestly, if you ever get the chance to try it, not as necessarily, you know, fighting with another person, but even doing the basic techniques on, on a bag or whatever, there's so much to think about. I mean, you've got to think about your footwork for a start because you've got to be, you know, balanced all the time. You've got to think about your defence and where your hands are, where your guard is. You've got to think about how you're going to break down the other person's defences without getting hit also yeah, yeah. yourself. On top of your heart rate being really high, <laughs> trying to breathe, 
gasping for breath and thinking, Jesus, there can't be much longer left in this round. And then someone says, a minute to go. People shout stuff in the crowd and they're like, a minute. And there's like loads longer or less. They, 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 you're like, shut up, you know. Um, <laughs> you shout ridiculous That's things like when you fight and they'll go, she's tired about the other opponent. You're thinking, like, how am I feeling? Like, yeah, you know, we're all tired. Things. Yeah, up your work rate, <laughs> really. Can't breathe it. So there's that much going on that you actually, if you get hit, you're instantly thinking, damn, I've lost a point now. What did I do wrong? How did yeah, I get that yeah. point back? So it's very, very technical. So you don't think as much about that. But I imagine, Larry, um, yeah, you, you can be really happy and be a boxer. In fact, they say a happy fighter is a dangerous fighter. That's what like they say. That. Yeah, oh, that's wow. what they always Stacey, say. That was, that was, you've, you've hit the nail on the head there. Thank you so much, honestly, Stacey. You're such a motivational person and it's been incredible to have you here today. Thank you. Yeah, well, thank you pleasure. so much. Thanks very much for doing what you're doing. It's uh like I say, we're all aware we need uplifting stuff at the minute, and it's nice to have these we're spreading conversations the and yeah, and focus on happy stuff. It's it's great and it's a bit underrated. I agree. Isn't it? I think it needs to be a bit more. A little bit more, Larry. There you go. <laughs> Next time you're fighting, you can fight for Larry. Thank you for listening. I'm Jack Frimston. I'm Sarah Tabar. And next week, who let the dogs out? Who, 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 who? It's all about the wonderful world of pets. We'll see you there.